Welcome to Dragon Talk! Welcome to Dragon Talk. (laughs) We should just have you do that intro each time. I love that. It's my my demon voice, Greg. Shelly, I had no idea you had a demon voice. I'm not (laughs) Shelly. Who are you? I'm Zuggy. Zuggy? That's right. Goddess of the fungi. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am a fun guy. I'm Greg Tito, uh, and I am... That's why I'm here. (laughs) You are my goddess. I (laughs) cherish you. <laughs> I've been summoned by a fun guy. <laughs> hey, hey. Hey. Oh my god, I'm crying. That was oh. very good. I felt uh, like transported into the I, fun guy wedding that happens in abyss. Out of the Abyss. <laughs> so, um, I sh- I'm sure I told you about my mom's evil witch personality. Is yes, you have. Not in a long time. Fiddly boozoo. Yeah, my mom used to turn into a witch just out of nowhere to scare my brother and I. And, and she would worked. call herself Fiddly Boozoo, but we would say, ma'am, ma'am. And she would go, she would just like turn around really slowly and say, I'm not your mother. I'm Fiddly Boozoo. And then we would run screaming. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I realize now like she just wanted to be alone. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But one time she did it to me. And I got so freaked out that I ran. I remember this clear as day. My dad was on the front driveway washing the car. And I go running outside and I go, Daddy, Daddy, something's wrong with mommy. Wow. <laughs> and he like dropped the hose, still spraying, covered in soap and like his little like 1970s cutoff shorts running <laughs> up the stairs. And my mom was just like laying in bed reading Cosmo. And he was like, "What? what's wrong with her? I'm like, She's a witch. Wow. How old were you, do you think? And then I, probably like 17. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) It was. It was was 1945. (laughs) I was a kid. I was probably like five. But I, uh, anyway. And then guess what? I got in trouble. I got in trouble because I made him, I got him so scared and nervous running up the stairs, all soapy from washing the car. It's a wonder that you didn't start playing D&D until you were an adult. <laughs> I know, but it's also a wonder, like, she should have been playing D&D. She did. She obviously she just already was. had a character all rolled right? up inside her. Yeah. Hagatha, the Hexblade. And that's why you love hags so much, I think, because it reminds you of you of, of this story. Of my mom. Of yeah. your mom. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that came out of nowhere, but this didn't. <laughs> Whoa! Oh my god, there's something wrong with Shelly! Ryan! We gotta stop the podcast! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Shelly's lost it, by the way. That was so good. Okay. Uh, You guys. Wow. This is Dragon Talk. Uh, I think if you haven't figured that out by now, uh, you now know. Sorry. That's, uh, you know, uh, Beelzebub, uh, and I'm Greg Tito. Yep, here we are for another great episode of the official Dungeons & Dragons podcast. We have a fantastic guest coming on for our interview, Devin Chulik, the creator of Total Party Chill, as well as the founder of Start Playing, one word, 
um, out there. So uh, get ready for that. Super fun. We talk yeah. a lot about all of the amazing projects that Devin is doing, which is... And there's a lot. A myriad, myriad amounts of them. That's yeah, you know what? Use that's, that word, but... No, is it not? Because I was just going to say, I think that's the right word for this. I don't think you say myriad us. amounts. That's what I did wrong. But, oh, you know, go ahead. a myriad of... Yes, exactly. That was well, I, I, I added too many words, which is why I am uh, a, a terrible writer. writer and I need an editor to edit me. Mm, I could mm. talk to you all day about terrible writing. <laughs> anyway, you know what? We I could also talk to you about, though, is some good writing. Talk to me. Like a book called Welcome to Dragon Talk? It's out. Um, I stumbled across reviews. Did you oh, know no. like people reviewed our book? It, it, like the the reason that you're saying it with a smile on your face means that they're not bad reviews. That's good. Oh no, I'm gonna read terrible things that people said about us. No way, there. really. Just kidding. <laughs> oh my god, your face was like, no, you're not, Ryan. Get ready to edit this. <laughs> it was like the Twitter of like you know reading like the bad responses that bad stars sometimes have you. to do. Yeah. No, they were actually they were very nice, and several of them actually used the word friendly. Like they seem really oh. friendly. I'm like, that's like one of the nicest things you could say about me. It's true. Me too. I like your cooking and you seem friendly. Those are the nicest Aww. things. So. And you throw good parties. Oh, and I like, and you throw a good party. Yeah. And you're nice to dogs. That part, or, not so much on me. My dog really likes you. Mm. Somebody said that to me the other day. Well, she's usually very timid around strangers. She seems to really like you. I'm like, oh, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> it's not because you had like bacon in your pocket or something, right? I was rolling around in bacon grease just a few minutes before. <laughs> That's how I get all the dogs to talk to me. Shelly as the vegetarian. Uh, mm. That makes that joke even funnier. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Greg. You got me. <laughs> See, you're very funny, Shelly. Well, That's all someone needs to say to me. Like, if they laugh at my jokes, I'm like, mm, you're my best friend. <laughs> oh, that's true. You know what? You're funny is also, that is a sweet spot. For sure. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, so what are some of these reviews before we get to our Okay, next? well, I mean... Uh, I found the narrative approach to be open, friendly, and approachable. As I have found with some episodes I've sampled, several of the people didn't listen to Dragon Talk and said in their review, but I do now. Interesting. That's cool. Well, welcome all of you who welcome. read our book and are listening. Uh, I found it very accessible, and it was well-written in a fun and friendly way. Come on, man. Oh, I mean, That's just hitting just, all the buttons. That is really quite delightful. Uh, Greg has great hair. <laughs> By, I think that was by How Todd Stashwick. How did they Stash. know that from the... It was, Todd Stashwick wrote that one. Aw, thanks, um, Todd. This one I really loved. So they said, yes, what comes across is the fun that they have doing the podcast and how much fun they think D&D in all of its forms is. Plus, the authors do not ramble and are entertaining. Why is that not wow. on the front of the book? I'd, I would put that front and center. Welcome to Dragon Talk by Greg and Shelley. The authors do not ramble. <laughs> I'm going to get that quote framed and put it like... I am too. On my, on my wall. I know. Anyway, thank you. Because we know it's patently false. <laughs> I'm like, obviously, this is a person who does not listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, go back about five minutes into this conversation and you'll yeah, hear sorry. car washing rambling you happening. Know, it's a beautiful Friday in Seattle. I'm like... Full of excitement, so I couldn't help it. And that is, I we appreciate every one of those reviews. Thank you so much. We uh, do. Thank it you. is hard when you throw. I mean, this book's been out for about uh, uh, six months now, and it's wow, all right, because it was like early December. So, yeah, 
It's uh, it's it's still uh, always great to hear these things, and we want more people to to uh, check it out. Uh, it's available on Audible. Uh, if you want to just listen to us ramble in uh, audio form, you can do that. And of course, get more people listening to Dragon Talk by leaving one of those fancy reviews on the podcast sites. Yes, and I mean, yeah, just if you read our book. If you liked our book, maybe review our book because that also helps more people find it. And then more people find D&D and more people find Dragon Talk. And we just have more people to play with. It's a, uh, you know, lizard snake eating its own tail. Just it gets more people into this community. (laughs) I don't know why that. (laughs) It's an Ouroboros. It's fantastic, though, and we love it. And uh, yes, uh, more people playing D&D, I think, is the end goal of basically everything we've been doing here at Dragon Talk. Absolutely. To that end, one person who is probably, maybe, more than any other guest that we've had on Dragon Talk, gotten people into playing Dungeons & Dragons as well as dungeon mastering for Uh, an audience. So let's get Devin Chulik on the horn. Let's welcome Devin Chulik to Dragon Talk! Yay! Yay! So hyped to be here. We are so hyped to have that you here. That studio audience is hyped too. There, it, you know, because because Devin brings all of the worlds together. And <laughs> That's so, true. As we have discovered in our little pre-interview chat that Devin is sort of like the center of the Venn diagram for the loves that Greg and I have when we're not. I love lore. I love deep lore. And 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 that that might be why. <laughs> deep lore, good characters, good plot hooks. <laughs> so can I out you on this? Yeah, yeah, please Devin? by all means. Devin is a Bravo uh, television channel watcher, a reality TV watcher, but also a huge Trekkie nerd. So... How great is this, everyone? Finally. The Venn Greg diagram and I. between Shelly and Greg is <laughs> I'm the one they prophesied. Devin. <laughs> <laughs> you were the chosen one. We knew it would happen. Years of light and of dark. <laughs> and that's why we brought you on uh, for yeah. this interview. Not because of your work at uh, Total, Total Party Chill or all of the amazing professional dungeon mastering that you've been doing. We just want to, you know, dish on, on Trek and Vanderpumps. Yeah, yeah, good, exactly. Greg. Ima- good. Imagine, imagine the the real instance of the Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> but it's on a spell jammer, and then we've got yeah, all right, three exactly. things. Oh, there you go. Let's bring it all together, all together now. Yeah. So you, uh, I, I think, might have you know you've been doing D and D and TRPG stuff for a long time, but many folks might have heard your name uh, after being. Uh, profiled as a professional dungeon master, and in many in 2019, that was many of our being like, is that is that a real thing? Is that right. is yeah. that is it so happening? Early. It was wild. Um, you know, uh, Bloomberg reached out to me just because like I had a like pretty high visibility um, online from you know running games on uh, on on Twitch and um, and you know having a website. And when I got featured, it kind of exploded. I I remember after like the six months afterwards, I got over. 300 emails from other game masters asking like hey how can i how can i do what you do <laughs> yeah right and many of them are listeners to this show i bet and 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 that of course is like kind of what led into like building start playing which is like now we have like 5000 professional game masters that can do what 
you know, uh, what, what I was able to do. Amazing. Let's talk about start playing. Let's just yeah. start. Let's start there, even though I want to probably definitely dip back into all the other things that we just touched on, including the Red yeah. Housewives. But start playing. Okay. What a cool idea. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, uh, I was running a lot of games for people. Um, and I was running more games than I could. And then people that I didn't even know were like, oh, you run this game. And, and I started doing that. And then once, you know, Bloomberg happened, um, I realized that there's so many people that are having trouble finding their communities. Because when you mm. when you game with people, that becomes like a micro community. Like, just think about the experiences you've had with the other players. Um, but yeah. not everyone has the the privilege of of being able to like have that group of friends already built in. Yeah. And I think there's something really special about the friendships that are made um, at the gaming table. And so when we started start playing, we wanted to make it easy not only for like GMs to make like a living wage, but also to be able to connect players with each other and like have that community. Uh, if I've seen so many folks being like, "Hey, I'm playing, running this game. I'm running this game," and it's continued my. Uh, theory that the reason, one of the reasons why Dungeons Dragons is so popular right now is that people are aware that there are different styles of play and that yeah. what you want to do at a table on any given night is going to be different from what someone else might want on any given night. And in the past, it was just like, well, if you didn't find your group at the local game store or in the, your high school cafeteria in 1983, yes. well, then you were just crapped out of luck, you know? And yeah. now <laughs> with with tools like Start Playing as well as just you know, so many online communities out there, it's like, oh yeah, no, I can find my people. Yeah, and because games have evolved so much, you know, like, yeah. um, you know, D&D &D second edition is vastly different from fifth edition. You know, fifth edition allows you to tell so many different types of play story, you know, whether you're looking for simulation, narration, like, and a game like that, allowing people to kind of express like, this is what's fun for me and be able to play that way is like incredibly important. Yeah. Right, I and mean, then people mm -hmm. choose different systems for it. But I'd love that D and D can kind of also be a big tent and have all a bunch of different ways to play within it. And yeah, it's all out there now. Right, it is. Yeah, and I love that you can also choose a style that is more representative of how you play. So, yeah, like what you said, Greg. A lot of people maybe like their first experience wasn't. They don't know why, but yeah. you're like, oh, this is D and D. Like maybe it just the group wasn't the right group, or they didn't like the way the DM did something. But now, like, you, DM styles, I feel like, is so much more prevalent because we're seeing so many people playing Dungeons & Dragons on yeah. live streams or listening to actual plays. And you kind of have a better idea of what's going to work for you. And I just, I love to just, like, sort Dungeon Masters by, like, right. oh, this sounds like a game I'd be into or right? a person we I'd want to play with. All of our all of our dungeon masters, they have to use um, uh, at least one safety tool in their game, which we realize is helps facilitate better communication, yep. which helps lead towards better play um, and things like that. And so we're seeing this whole like new renaissance, you know, where more people are finding games than ever. More GMs are able to like you know actually run games. And the biggest thing is people used to try to find a group and then play with a GM, but now like people can just go to the site and be like, I can play on Thursdays at five. Yeah. And here's yeah. And 100 open? games Thursday at 5 you can join. Right. I have a small window of time and yet a thousand dungeon masters who would have me at their table. It's yeah. amazing. And that's where automation and sorting and genres and tags and stuff can, can yeah. really help. Uh, where yeah. I know there's a lot of automation that won't ever help, but this type of automation is what we need. Exactly. So, how is it? How is Start Playing going? Like, what's? I mean, I, it seems like it was relatively new in the last like year or so, right? Yeah, we uh, we launched um, like 
in September 2020. And now we've just kind of like seen like things continue to, to oh, rise. Wow. Um, we just crossed a really cool threshold. Our GMs have made, um, uh, as of like last month, our game masters and dungeon masters on Star Plane have collectively made over $9 million. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> It's, it, it's, I'm, I'm incredibly proud um, that so many people found that success. That's awesome. That's $9 million is crazy. Yeah. Because I, the game said I've seen, like, it's not like the people aren't charging like a thousand bucks a pop here. Like, yeah, it's right? pretty I mean, affordable. That's, yeah, that's people a are charging lot of 10 games. to $20 a game. Um, but, you know, like, uh, with enough players and, and your time and whatnot, like, people are still earning a living and uh, there's just that many people that want to play. Hmm. Do you think dungeon professional dungeon mastering can be the new YouTuber? Like <laughs> the new um, aspiration for nine-year-old kids? Oh, how do we, yeah, make, right? how do we make this okay. happen? Yeah, like, hey, uh, you know, instead of Minecraft. Uh, yeah, yeah, how do um, I make this happen? I do think so. I think there's, because it, it's it's one part host and it's, uh, you know, one part um, like uh, entertainment and storytelling. And mm-hmm. when, you know, these a lot of these YouTube communities, like that's what it is. It's a community, right? And a, a, a table is just another type of community. But when there's someone there who's, you know, invested in that way, they're also like, I want to make sure that like everyone's having fun. I want to make sure that like communication is good. I want to make sure that like people that um, are providing feedback, I can act on it. So um, it's just, it's very it's such a new concept, but I I do think like we're on the precipice of like the golden age mm. of tabletop role playing games, and like this is part of it. I think so too. I mean, what a cool side hustle! Like if you were a right? college student and you're just like, I got to make some extra money. Yeah, and I'm not gonna t- mow a lawn. I'm gonna run a D and D. No, game. like I Tuesday, I don't have classes Tuesday afternoon, yeah. so I'll just run some D and D games. Yeah. Very cool. That's the use case I think that's going on there now. But I love that what you're saying is making almost a, enough to be considered a living. Off oh, of for sure. This, yeah. Right? Like that's actually possible, if not probable at this time. Yes, that yeah. absolutely. It's, um, you know, and here's the thing. It's like, so what I've, I've learned is like people, there it's just friction to start playing is yeah. what it is. And, and people are like, you know, sometimes they're intimidated. Sometimes they just don't know how to start. I mean, I, 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 I said over notes earlier, but one of the things I make is, some tools to make it easier to play. And yeah. um, like I have these dice, which is, this is the, the, this, the simplest idea, but the dice I have are learn to play dice and they're all different colors. Because I noticed at the table, one <gasps> oh. of the most frustrating things is like, roll the D- D20 and everyone always grabs the D12 and then they get flustered. I'm like, yep. oh, sorry. Ah, yeah. Um, and so it's like, grab the red D20, grab the white D6, grab the yellow D4. And that is just one tiny change makes it so much easier to kind of like learn how to play. It really does. Right, because yes. rather than describing, it's the one that looks like a diamond or like <laughs> yeah. the, well, it's a triangle, pyramid thing, right? You know, you're not having to make up uh, th- uh, uh, shapes. <laughs> yeah, right. The nouns that refer to shapes is not the thing. It's yeah. the colors that are e- instantly, and I like how you you even just the way you said it. It's not just the red die or the white die. No, it's the white D six. It's the red, yeah. you know, D twenty, so that you you associate those in your brain. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I got. I I, I want to figure something else out for for folks that are are colorblind. Um, yeah, I haven't figured that out yet. I I need to like look more into it. But that that's just like at least a first step, um, in like making it easier. 
For sure. Yeah. You also have a, a player mat. What can you tell us about that oh, to try to yeah. make it a little bit easier? Because I've loved those for, say, Magic the Gathering when you're teaching yeah. people how to put you yeah. know, your your cards out in front of you is yeah. sometimes the hardest part to kind of understand or learn. And so having a map uh, that, that or you know a mat like a that maps yeah. where you're supposed to put stuff <laughs> is really, really helpful. So yeah, how does this work for, for 5th edition D&D? I made this for our for Total Party Chill. I made this as like a, a player aid for the because we have a lot of new people come on that are like great personalities, but they've never played before. Yeah, we have these mats, and then for my longtime players who um, you know still are casting, trying to cast two spells in the same turn. Um, <laughs> still, <laughs> still, it's been it's been um, nine years, people. I I think they're in on it. I think it's a running joke with them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, they're they're like giant mouse pads, like giant gaming mouse pads, just like the kind you use for you know um, a Magic the Gathering. But they have uh, the 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 five E rules on them, so it's like, hey, here's mm. how combat works, here's how spell casting works, here's how movement and cover, area of effect. Um, and it's so often now I just see players like kind of like in between their turns, like reading. So I was like, okay, oh yeah, uh-huh. and like I could see the gears turning because it's something you could roll your dice on. It's something you could have every, everything on, but. Then I asked, like, hey, I just asked TikToks, like, would you guys want to buy this? And it went viral. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I guess I'll, I guess I'll I guess start they making do. these. Yeah. For sure. Wow. And it borrows the idea from board games, because I think that, or, or and card yes. games, right? Because I think yeah. board games that use mats for, uh, uh, you know, to put in front of the player, yeah. and that's where you put the other yeah. Uh, you know, physical items that the board game has. Like, those Turn to order. me just are so much yeah. easier to teach to other people than not, right? Because there's little wonderful graphic design notes that let you not not just read text, but like, mm-hmm. oh, visually, this is where this goes. And sometimes it's hard. I mean, I don't know if you have experience playing Wingspan. Oh, um, yes! Right? Such Which I think game. it does it really well by having the, the, the iconography stay consistent throughout. But it right. takes a moment to click. Yeah, and once it does, then you kind of you yeah. glance. Yep, that's next, and it builds like a. It's almost like a muscle memory uh, yeah. building device. True. Yeah. So I'm 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 looking for more uh, uh, of that, and now I'm yeah I'm gonna look into this uh, player mat to see if it'll be good. Don't for worry, you. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll, I'll send some you some of the kids on board. Yeah, <laughs> sweet. <laughs> well, I definitely need. Maybe it, I could trade I... you for a signed copy. Oh yeah, of, of, of the Dragon Talk book done. Um, and then yeah, that would be tradesies. That's a good deal. Yeah. I love that. Uh, and the dice, super good idea as well. So you're based in San Francisco, right? Yes. Um, what's, what's the gaming community like uh, in, in that location, not just online? It's great. Uh, I love uh, all my FGLs out here. Uh, my uh, FLGS is out here. That's uh, that's a hard one to pluralize. Um, <laughs> uh, and, um, you know, I it's funny. Almost all the the, the original uh, cast of of Total Party Chill came about as friends who had never played before, mm. but they were all like, "This sounds fun!" Like, "Oh, like I like uh, you know Lord of the Rings," or "I like." There was so much kind of overlap in fantasy, but um, it's so often like you know now when we have a show, we have people from anywhere from tech to drag queens um, <laughs> to you know nonprofit workers uh, to people that work in the video game industry. So there's so much overlap into nerddom that I think is like very popular in San Francisco. Yeah, it does feel like I mean similar to New York on the East Coast of like it's it's uh, an amalgam of of, of like minded folks. Yeah, yeah. And we got really lucky with um, our space. We've kind of popped around to a few studio spaces, but we have a, a new one we've had for about two years. Um, that's a fairly large because we film in person um, all around the same table. And that was a whole like learning experience to figure out how that worked. Um, but that's how we started around the table. 
Um, but we, we have a great space that we can actually like all get together and play around and, you know, any city, you know, real estate is always at a premium. So we got very lucky with some people that like love gaming. We're like, Hey, we have a space. Oh, wow. And so they're like, we'll, we'll give it to you at a a great rate. I'm like, amazing. Oh, look at the power of D and D bringing people together. Love gamers. Um, well, tell us about some of the shows that you you have uh, yeah. on Total Party Chill. So the one I'm most excited to talk about is the one that is is, is releasing um, at the end of this month. Uh, it's called This Game is Cursed. And uh, it it's, comes from my deep love of the Dungeons & Dragons cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it also comes from the best humor that comes out of my players is the meta. Um, yeah, totally. And when they reference things that are outside of the fantasy world... So this game is cursed is the concept that uh, my players as themselves have been sucked into the world of D&D, but they are in the bodies of the the, the characters that their character sheet was. So um, Lana goes from, you know, uh, a, you know, a five foot uh, eight um, to this six foot two ripped barbarian woman. Um, you know, a, a, my friend Nate, he turns into, you know, of course, a tiefling and he looks terrifying, but he's the nicest person ever because oh. he has like this, you know, uh, vengeful rogue <laughs> look. Um, and it, it definitely has like the D&D cartoon meets like Dungeons and Daddies. But the idea is like they're just playing as themselves, um, not as dads. And the fun comes that they can reference the tropes that they know about fantasy. Yeah. Um, so it's got a little bit of a Jumanji in it. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a cool idea. And so that's a, a six-part miniseries uh, that we're releasing. And um, it was was one of my favorite campaigns I ever got to run. I dig that because it um, is part of what I love about Dungeons & Dragons, where the experience around the table is two experiences smashed together, which is why it's so compelling for us as humans, right? Because it is the yeah. storytelling, the fantasy, it is whatever the agreed-upon narrative is. But it's also a group of friends getting together and uh, having their fun. And those are not um, dissimilar experiences. Like, they must be happening at the same time in order for it to be... I uh, think as if you were just doing one, you'd be playing a video game. And if you were yeah. just doing hanging out with friends, you're just chilling and there's no game thing. But it is the, the melding of those two that come together. Yeah, that makes exactly. It, it makes it amazing. Um, and it's fun when, you know, you, you have to act as a, like, if you found yourself in actual D&D world, how stoked would you be when you found out that you could do magic? Yes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> exactly. How yeah. stoked would you be, Shelly, to be I would fast be so mage hand stoked. on everything? Oh, my God. It's all I would do all day. But, so tell us, you said, <laughs> you said you, this was one of your favorite campaigns to run. But yeah. you, what are some of the highlights of it? Um, or can I you, think, you, you uh, well, maybe you can't yeah. spoil because well, it hasn't we, aired yet. But we brought in two people that um, uh, have always wanted to play D anD D, but never had the, ch- the chance to. Oh, right there. Um, and it's always good to have like a fish out of water character, so that like um, they can be informed on like, well, okay, because uh, there's one gimmick that we have is people know when they've leveled up, and they mm-hmm. hear a sound, and they can reach in their bag, and they have a physical character sheet to reference, and they're like, oh, this is. We've leveled up. We, oh, after killing that out bear. Okay, okay. So we we get it. So when they can reference those things and 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 start to kind of make clues, that's been really really funny. When they're like the frustration of like it's it's XP not milestone. What's going on? You know? um, <laughs> so yeah. who plays like this anymore? <laughs> yeah, 
um, so it was it was fun. It, we we leaned on a lot of like old fantasy tropes um, mm. to let our players, um, you know, uh, kind of make fun of um, and 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 poke fingers at, um, which is you know great when you have like the old wizard, the evil troll, the fun goblin. And interacting that as if you were a real person, um, it just created for a lot of levity and fun. That's great. Yes. As you yeah. being a fan of the D&D cartoon, right, which has that famous opening when they're yeah. just normal teenagers in the 80s going on a roller coaster, <laughs> the Dungeons and Dragons roller coaster, which I always wished existed. I know. Right? There's it a was, part of me that was like, does it? Uh, I just kind of assumed it was somewhere. There was an unlikely <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe yeah, it is. Maybe it is. It's in LA. It's in Hollywood somewhere, of course. Um, but then they get trapped and they go, you know, they go to the D&D universe or a version yeah. of the D&D multiverse, right? Yeah. Now, you, have you seen uh, D&D uh, Honor Among Thieves, the movie? Oh my gosh. Are you kidding me? I was so stoked to see that movie and it was so much fun. But did you grok that there was... Uh, they, 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 they made they their appearance, were in there. yeah, right. So they were older, also, though, right? They were more, a little bit more different. So, what's your headcanon? Did they, did they escape and come back? Um, so, uh, <laughs> you know, there, there's the unofficial ending that someone made on YouTube. Yes, I've seen right? that. So, yeah. um, I was like, okay, that's how it ended, and I was like, you know what? I like this as a. Um, look at this, isn't it crazy that these people exist? But my headcanon is when they were transported, they were transported into those characters that exist in the D&D world. So they oh. took on the affect of them. Um, so it's like if I transported and I became, you know, uh, Wolfgar. Um, and so that those are just like characters that exist. But now, Dragon of Ice Fire Peak also had those characters. I was, I was like, there's going to be so much, I'm I'm picking away just like the obelisk mystery, you all. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm like, there's there's clues. I got the WizKid minis of them. I'm following this. I got a I got a murder board with red strings somewhere. <laughs> You're trying to dang it. Yeah. They're yeah. popping up everywhere. <laughs> Why? Why couldn't they have just aged if they were transported into into the world? Well, that's mean well, that they stayed there. Yeah, which means right. they stayed there. Yeah. Maybe they liked um, it. Maybe they did. It's it's funny. It's um it makes me want I think the reason I don't headcanon that is because I like the idea that the D&D world um isn't a fictional property. Um like it's a real and that yeah. might that's just like maybe my own selfishness, but the idea that like they weren't transported into um a game uh that you know, this is just a real world that exists that I, you know. Um, it's just is, one shard of the multiverse in which yeah. uh, our world is just another shard of it. But So you're saying that that when the, in the D&D cartoon, the high school kids, when they went into the D&D world, that they didn't, because, that was not the first introduction to those characters in the D&D world. Yeah. They just embodied those characters. Exactly. Ah. That's my headcanon. And I, and I, I but then why do they look the same? There. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Good maybe point. maybe that's why they were chosen. <laughs> they were point. they were chosen oh. because they, they like looked so similar. Finally, it's like, oh my gosh, the perfect mix of people, <laughs> uh, creeds, backgrounds. We can finally yes. do this magic. So, like Greg, when I went to that event at my son's school, there yeah. was a guy there that looked literally just like Greg Tito. Like all of us were like, oh, why would Greg be here? And even and I sent a pic. I, like took a picture of him how creepy is that sent it to greg he was like that is me but um, if that guy <laughs> was in a different universe and you were being transported like you would inhabit his body obviously right, yeah. because he looks just like you or Definitely. vice versa or maybe yeah. it's already happened and maybe you are him or he's you i don't even know who i'm talking to right now 
What's happening? That, that guy's now the, 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 a co- another co-host of, of Dragon Talk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's the co-host he's in West of, of Dungeon Talk. Dungeon yes. Talk? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a- no, 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 no. We're not talking about dungeons. We're talking about dragons here. Yes. Obviously. You're on the wrong show, sir. You're on the wrong show. <laughs> well, my, my headcanon for those characters is that they, they did that. They went into the Greyhawk-ish world that was yeah. the cartoon. They left at the end, but they were not happy. In the real oh, world. Yeah. And I like as that they too. grew up a little bit, they wanted to go back. And the only way they could figure out how to go back was they went back to the Forgotten Realms, which is why now we see them popping up in the Forgotten Realms and not Greyhawk. Yeah. How do what you if think- they left Greyhawk and ended up in the Forgotten Realms? They're like, wait, this is oh. home? Damn it. Oh, oh like, yeah. Okay. okay. You can so come now, back, but we're, I don't know where you're going to get dropped. Yeah. They're just world hopping to all of the uh, different. D and D properties, right? They'll be on so, Spelljammer. They'll be yeah. in, in your mind. How do you think they got back? Did they have to go back on the roller coaster, or do they just did they bring some artifact with them from when they were there? I think there the is time? a like a D and D movie that needs to be set in our world with those characters yeah. trying to find some way to get back. Like that roller coaster is definitely demolished, right? It yeah. doesn't exist anymore. So okay. they have to find something else Jumanji like to get them. Yeah, you know, go into the wardrobe and go back to Narnia. I think we need a new D&D animated cartoon. I think this is the time. I think we're this pitching is, it right now. I, yeah, I don't know what I, I know actually that. really do like the idea. It would be like a John Hughes kind of teen comedy about those characters <laughs> yes. coming, dropping back into like a high school in the Chicago suburbs and yep. they have to like mesh mm-hmm. with like the Breakfast Club, basically. Maybe, yeah, right? Maybe Lake Geneva. <laughs> it's actually like a Lake Geneva suburb yes. of Chicago. Yes. And they're wearing their inappropriate clothes, and their people are like, "Why is what's with the fur, dude?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now they're a little bit older too. So now Bobby is like a you know, yes. like a real big buff, like you know, yeah. athlete yeah. teenager now, and you know the uh, the other characters are the in their early twenties. Uh, yeah. Right. The one. He's the actually one. doing like uh, up close magic. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, it like took me a long time paper. to practice this. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. I like this idea, you guys. I know. I think we're onto something. I it's cool. So I mean, the, the jumping point off was you describing uh, this game as cursed, which is, yeah. I, I think your your interpretation and 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 reimagining of that idea that it's cat. You know, as you said, the tropes that have captivated us for so long of like going into another world yeah. is what makes this so fun. Right? All right. Let me ask you both a question. Yeah. What world would you be transported into if you could choose? Star Trek. I knew you were going to say that. Oh, scarcity society. Don't have, don't have to work for money. Just follow your passions. It's the best outcome. It's the best one. It's a utopia. Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, is this, is this a, a thing I would be desire of or what would make a good story? Because I, I feel good like question. a good story mm-hmm. would be yeah. me being transported into like the, real house. the world of Vanderpump Rules or whatever. <laughs> And I'd be like, no! That would be amazing. You end up in Andy Cohen's body. That would be hilarious. <laughs> oh, my God. Greg hosting a reunion. Of, yeah. And I'd be like, Why this is stupid. Why any of you like this? Why don't you just talk to each other? Get a real job. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Conflict resolution. That's what yeah. I would do. I, just, I feel too many people are just like, I feel like we don't see it in a lot of D&D, but I feel so many people are like, what happened to, what happened to Daniel? It's like, ah, you know that merchant caravan? Trolls. <laughs> it, just feels like, it just feels like it's too easy to just get written off the board. <laughs> the, it fell off the mountain, right? There was a, was yeah, a right? there was no guardrails. Like, there was no clerics in town, and we don't really know a lot about medicine yet. 
<laughs> it was a yeah, small like, demon inside them. Or yeah. cancer. We don't know. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get organ trailed and die of dysentery. <laughs> There's not enough dysentery in the D&D world, I don't think. I know. That's ne- next, next book, we got to put in dysentery rules. Yeah. Homebrew it. You can make it Where up. would you go, Shelly, if you could decide which world to go into? I would like to go to Zootopia. Oh. I would just I'll land up just where there's a bunch of personified animals, and I could just hang out there. I dig that. And I it's so that. pretty. Yeah. Well, that'd be a fun one. Yeah. Good music. It's similar to D&D, though, right? Like, you're basically saying, yeah. like, you want to be a tabaxi and hang out yeah. with, uh, with GIF. So could I go back... As a tabaxi, or do I have to go back as like this weird, awkward human? Oh, well, that's it your depends on how much attention you want, right? Go as a human, <laughs> everyone's like, What are you? <laughs> wow, <laughs> I think I'd rather be an animal. Yeah, I think it'd be which cool. one? Which one would you be? That's, I think, maybe a llama. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> I love right. the Emperor's New Groove vibes. An, an yeah, alpaca? yeah. Or Alpacas I would say cool. like an otter because otters are just so cute. But I think I'd rather be something a little beefier. Yeah. Right. Oh, otter. Makes sense. Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I know. That's where my mind went to. Uh-oh. I was like, Oof. we won't get into It's too early. Shut this, a tear. It just came out. But, oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Friends are great to have. Okay. I'll just say this. Like, it, I've been on the precipice of just like crying at anything emotional because of how mm-hmm. charged that movie just like injected you. You just like, like I'm I'm one soldier coming home from war to to greet his dog away from just <laughs> oh, being destroyed. Man. For me, it's like I'm I'm one TV commercial in which a dad sees a daughter growing up where I'm just like, oh God, nope. It's oh, I'm crying Subaru for days commercial? Now. Oh, yes. Doesn't that get you? Every time. Every time. I'm, I'm, I'm one Procter and Gamble commercial way about <laughs> raising a daughter for the Olympics away from just <laughs> Guys, sad. <laughs> Yesterday, I brought my kid to the park to meet his friend. And I was like, oh, there he is. And he is like, stop. I got this. Stop. Mom, you can't keep walking. Stop. Turn around. Like, wow. Literally this morning, I did walk you all the way to meet your friend. Like, how does this happening? So That's hard. That's crazy. And part of me is like, God, just go to the park by yourself and meet a friend. <laughs> And then the other part of me is like, but take me with you, but need me. <laughs> oh, it's hard. Anyway. That never gets old. How do we How do we get more? I mean, I, this is just a random question I'm just thinking of as we're co- discussing this, but there isn't a lot of um, like the the parenting emotions in D&D. I was just right? thinking yeah. about what would you, if your child was an adventurer, like how would you send them off? Like, just knowing the the crazy right. shit we get up to in our adventures, <laughs> right? Our heroes have parents, maybe somewhere. Either that or the trophies are all dead. Play, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, true. We don't talk. Yeah. You know, We're like all... a lineage play. Like, um, you know, you, you you've you've played your character and now they're retired and now like the last episode is like ten years later sending your kid off uh, or your you know. On their own adventure. Yeah. Oh, that is great. For like have, the long-standing campaigns or people yeah. who have, yeah, like, okay. Mm. And then the the, the generations. Uh, yes. Yeah. Have you ever played in a party where like you were a parent of one of the other adventurers or vice versa? Um, I've had, I've had that in my group and uh, I really liked it. It was, it was the um, kind of like a helicopter parent. Mm. Um, that was like, <laughs> well, if you're going adventuring, I'm going adventuring. <laughs> 
Uh, do not pick um, up that sword. And it was one of those things where, like, the 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 kid was like, everyone thinks my mom is so cool. And, like, because they were just, like, <laughs> such a helpful mom. It was, like, just so frustrated I by relate. it. I relate. I uh, relate But, like, that. the moment that the mom got in trouble, it was like, Mama! Uh, it was like, oh! <laughs> oh. That's big time. Oh, now yeah. I'm sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't let Quinn see me like that. Where you were in, in danger? Yes. Yeah. It was the, but, uh, there was a uh, the mom was a paladin, um, of course, uh, as oh, moms oh, are with like some like you know homebrew like um, uh, oath of parentage, like their their oh. oath was just to keep their their kids safe. Oh, so <laughs> you're destroying Charlotte on there. the eve of Mother's Day as well. Yeah, like, yeah. Just Thinking about that. Wait, yeah. is Mother's Day coming up? Yes. Uh oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. If you're listening I'm, to this, it's already happened. If you didn't do it, you're already in trouble. Yeah, your blood better have just run cold. Those of you out there that are like, oh, wait, when Uh-oh. when did they record this? <laughs> after, after this call, I'm shipping it. You're shipping it to your mom? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shipping it. Luckily, my wife, uh, who is a mother as well, uh, I, it's taken me about you know 20 years of our relationship to be like, I don't, she said this out loud to someone else, unprompted by me. Said, uh, you know, uh, it's just one day. Why doesn't? Why do we need to? Do, Greg cherishes me every day. It's not about one day where he has to do X, Y, and Z in order to be okay. And, so you uh, you excel so good at being her kid that now Mother's Day has no meaning because you are that good of a child. Wait, was this your wife or your? No, this is, yeah, this is from that, not from my mom because that's a very different story. Oh, okay. That's very different. <laughs> My so wife. Your kids are so good. That- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, you're, Aaron is so evolved. I would never say that. Never. <laughs> I think it's only because we're on like a, we like each other so much. You know, every relationship has ebbs yeah. and flows. We're in one of those. Yeah. The, the high. All right. Well, you're the high. I think that has a lot to do with it. If it was the other way around, she'd be like, no, you better give me something. <clears throat> do thing. You worship me today. <laughs> cherish was the word I used cherish. not worship That's it's very one. different yeah. whatever yeah <laughs> tomato tomato <laughs> <laughs> I love that kind of thing though in in using emotions that we kind of don't always associate with fantasy storytelling and yeah. bringing them yeah. to like we've talked about the tropes and stuff but like I feel like there's so much more breadth of, of, of real emotion in the way we do storytelling now have you noticed that trend from from when yeah. you started playing I think, yeah, because when, when I started playing, it was all about, like, let's go out, kill stuff, make it cool. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, that's, you know, middle school, high school. But now it's like, there's just, like, other emotions that, like, we want to explore. And sometimes those are sad and sometimes those are happy. But, you know, it's so funny when, uh, you know, every player wants to eat the cool thing at the, and you put so much effort in there. And people just get so much enjoyment around just, like, cool, we all got together. Like, the beach episodes. Everyone <clears throat> should do a beach game. Um, but, like, just... Like, I think Avatar The Last Airbender did it best when they did their beach episode. But I feel like that clicked with a lot of players. Like, we should have a beach episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, how, yeah, what, what is it like yeah. when we're just enjoying each other? And it's fun to, ha- you know, see those different types of emotions played out with a, with a party and, and kind of explore out more outside of just, like, the thrill of high fantasy. So is that, is that what your definition of a beach episode is? It's just, like, <clears throat> folks who are, like... In their happy zone and not nexus- yeah. necessarily having the high stakes of yeah. of death yeah, and destruction like the, around da- each corner. Downtime, like the like the table stakes. You know, like does someone forget the sandwiches? You know, like that's the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where's the cooler? That happens I'm so a lot angry on at below this deck, waiter. By the way, it does. Yeah. Right. yeah, 
Like they always are like, where's the cooler with the drinks? Oh no, it's back in the boat. Yeah. When they do a beach, it's a beach, a beach yeah. episode. No. Each time. See, it all yeah. ties in. It all ties in. <laughs> so you, do you also make the uh, convention circuit as well? Yes. You've, you've given some talks on some very interesting topics. Let's yeah. discuss. The um, future of tabletop, you know, uh, where it's going. I'm always, I'm always interested in like the new things I'm seeing come out of of gaming, whether it's um, you know uh, new virtual tabletops or whether it's um, you know like how technology has changed the way we play. We've seen a ton of people like, you know, the the fact that the internet exists is one of the reasons why tabletop uh, gaming in D and D is more popular because of the accessibility to be able to play. Mm. People that don't have groups near them can play online. So as we find new technology or new ways that like we interact. Um, it becomes really important. Um, you know, one of the biggest problems facing us today is is loneliness. Um, as the world kind of shuts us out from each other, as community is harder to get, um, things like tabletop gaming and Dungeons and Dragons, those are things that like build community and connect people. And uh, that's why I think it, we are going to enter like the golden age of like D&D and tabletop is because people are starting to realize that and it's sticky for a reason. You know, like when people play the first time and the light happens and they're excited to play and it becomes like their whole personality right off the bat. Like <laughs> that's because like as adults, we don't really get to use our imagination um, collectively with other people. We use our imagination to read a book or like solve a problem at work. But when you're like, I'm sitting around a table with four friends and we're solving a problem with our imaginations that is about like how to make this Duke like us by performing uh, a, you know, a monologue for them. It takes you to a different world and it provides something that like we desperately didn't have when we were young uh, or yeah. that we didn't have since we were young. I dig that. Oh. I mean, and it's so opposite of what I was told growing up, which was, yeah. Um, oh yeah, the people who play Dungeons and Dragons don't have any friends. And I was like, that yeah. is not true. It's pat- they have at least four. They have yeah. <laughs> it's patently false. It always was. It was this strange idea um, that, I mean, even, you know, my sister will sometimes say that, like, oh, just the people I know just didn't seem like they were very happy. And I was like, to you, maybe, but I bet they were having a lot of fun when they were playing. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you will always have stories that you're going to tell. And there's that thing where the uh, our brains think we're making new physical memories because yeah. of the imagination is used. So, like, it's also keeping you young. Like, it's keeping those brain synapses firing as you, you know, explore new worlds. I say that yeah. about games all the time. Like, any, you know, playing chess, playing, you know, all those uh, strategic games. And d and is one of them. Like, that just keeps those new synapses growing and firing. It's going to keep us... Uh, as as cogent as we can as we get older. Yeah, spry, if you will. Mm. That's yeah. why I also lift while playing D anD. d Yeah, exactly. Always do some squats. <laughs> yeah. When I uh, when I beat the entire family at Mario Kart, I'm telling you that euphoria carries me throughout the day. Hold on to that, right? I do. I'm yeah. like I, I can. I can, I can do anything. Yeah. You are the Lizard King. <laughs> Um, and that's how I feel when I win at trivia as well. When I'm uh-huh. like, oh, I know. Oh, great segue. King of the yeah. segues. Yeah. It's true because I love having all this useless knowledge in my head and being able to uh, draw it out at the right moment to, in order to score points is important. Uh, and yeah, you, Devin, have some history with that. Yeah, I, I started uh, back in like 2019. I started running uh, like a D&D trivia game show online. 
And I found this great software that I use. So like if you're a viewer, you could come and you could enter the room kind of like a Jackbox game, but you could play trivia against everyone else. And it's all timed. So you have to be fast. You can't like, you don't have time to Google it. Um, And it became this thing where like, I got to learn more about like the lore um, of of D&D and like, oh, I'm going to do a spell jam or I'm going to do this. And uh, Jordan, the PH is silent. I would go and watch his videos (laughs) and then I'd I'd write a bunch of... um, uh, questions about it and then I'd, I'd run that trivia and it was a fun thing to do especially when the pandemic hit it was like a really fun activity but now like uh every convention I go to I end up getting to run it and it's cool because like you know 100 200 people show up to play Dungeons and Dragons trivia oh my gosh all right I want you to maybe quiz Greg a little okay but um <laughs> just a couple you, of questions I will get uh, all this wrong <laughs> what breath weapon does the silver dragon have Oh, uh, I know that, and it is frost. Yes, I was that one gets that. a lot of people. I was going to say that. Yeah, see, you're um, smart too. Uh, I was trying to. I was like, oh no, I, I had to think of what the analog was for a chromatic dragon. I'm like, oh yeah, their their analog is white. That makes sense. Um, what is the force for evil in the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon? Um, Venger. Uni. Uh, <laughs> it, is, it is it is venture the the way i i originally uh, uh phrased it people a lot of people are like oh it's tiamat it's t oh. everyone always gets tiamat and you got it it's venture yeah the avenger is the force of evil in the dnd cartoon tiamat is just you know a, an evil thing inside of it um totally. what year did the dungeons and dragons pinball machine come out my god wow like, all right so it was 74 is when the first uh thing was published so it's after that, when was pinball the most popular and when was that, all the licensing happening? 1984. Ooh, see, that's much later than I was going to guess. I'm thinking, I think 1979. 87. Oh! Whoa! We were both really early. What? Um, I got that one. I actually, I got that one from um, uh, no, Nerd Immersion. Uh, Ted at Nerd Immersion. He, it, it, so when I started doing trivia, other people were like, I got a great one for you. Oh, um, nice. Another one is I'll, I'll I'll give you like a three-line synopsis of a movie. Um but it's I've Dungeons and Dragons the movie. Oh, what? And oh, those so are you fun. have to then like okay, so um a bard is abducted by a thieves guild and then uh is being chased down by an evil paladin um and he's he's caught by two uh bounty hunters, a druid and a artificer. Wow. This is the opening to what movie? God, this is Indiana Guardians Jones of the Galaxy. Oh, okay. Quill yeah. the Bard, uh, kidnapped by a thieves guild, which is you know the the Raveners, and then a druid Groot and an artificer Rocket, um, and an evil paladin uh, Ronan. Now, right. mind you, that was brevity. I usually workshop it a lot more to make it really concise, so it's a it can't that be everything. But so cool, you know, like an artificer is captured, and while imprisoned, they create a. Um, uh, uh, Iron Man armor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, you yeah. had me at artificer captured. I was like, oh, yeah. I think I know. Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's awesome. I, those are really fun. And you yes. know, what I realized when uh, the pandemic hit, like many of us, you know, trivia was a thing that people went to in addition to playing Dungeons and Dragons yeah. a whole bunch. And there are people who just are not good at writing trivia questions. I will say, there's <laughs> yeah. just. There are just ones where you're like, ah, that you know, make sense. you don't give me enough context clues. Like, I, unless I, me, you know, yeah, 
Yeah, like, and I realize that's what like the Jeopardy writers do very well in mm-hmm. how they write their answers to their questions, even though they're questions to their answers. Um, but there, it's not just you don't you don't just know one piece of information. They usually yeah. give you hints within the answer in order to do that. And I think you did that very well with uh, both of those. Because, you know, yeah. Obviously, there's ones where you're like, hey, what's this date? That's yeah. not, you know, but there are ones where you're like, all right, you, and that's why I talked it through is because you're always trying to find out, all right, where are the little pieces of information that I can try to find to make this happen? And that's yeah. that's a that's a really hard skill, skill. To, to learn, right? It's also, it's multiple choice too. So that does help Oh, that people, helps. You know, um, because we, uh, I hate it when people type something in wrong and they, get a typo and they get it wrong because they typed it in wrong. Like, that's oh, not fun. King's yeah. Quest, man. Especially right. D&D <laughs> words. That's, that's hard. You could actually yeah. do a D&D spelling test. I think we did that once at a oh, PAX. At a, oh my gosh. We did D&D a D&D spelling, spelling test. You can, you can take that, Devin. I have, I have D&D Oregon were- Trail, D&D spelling test. Uh, but... <laughs> D&D Oregon Trail, D&D and D, D&D and Dysentery. I'm going to do D&D math problems next. No. Like, okay, so Greg, uh, Greg the Paladin has a level five smite. If he's attacking on his second turn, having used a smite, like... Oh, yeah. How many stupid. spell Nobody slots Nobody wants this, but it sounds funny that. to make. People... That yes, I people would be into that. We were just talking about this yesterday about yeah. teaching kids math with, like... Area of effects and like, yeah. Who, who cares about the what were we debating? It was like a fifteen the foot room? cone and, and, yeah. and describing it that we're like, what's a rhombus? How how many goblins can you fit in Greg's fifteen foot cone? Yeah, if Greg's <laughs> using burning hands. Uh, <laughs> yes, I mean you got to make learning fun, right? Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, okay, so D and D trivia. This all sounds. Great. Is this something that's still happening or only at Yeah, it's still happening. Okay. Uh, the next one uh, on Twitch is um, Thursday. So if this comes out on Wednesday, it's tomorrow. Oh, every okay. Thursday? Yeah, T- yeah tomorrow. Uh, uh, Thursday once a month. Okay, sweet. Yeah, it, it became a lot to write every week. I was like, I'm going to have to hire someone full-time. I have hired someone that now writes questions for me um, because it's better when someone's really good at copy and they're like, I've reviewed this six times. I'm like, cool. <laughs> this month. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to have to do your own fact-checking uh, and everything that ends up... Seeing. Yeah, right. <laughs> now, if only we could do that for Dungeon Masters, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> here's, my, here's my concept. You do the, the copy yeah. of the read-aloud text. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, something else fun that you also do... Yes. 10-minute tabletop news. 10-minute tabletop news. It was... I, there's so much, like, ways to get news about what's, like, happening in gaming, but I feel like I usually have to watch, like, a 30-minute YouTube video mm. to get it. Um, or or I'm, I'm reading a, a quick article. Um, but I listen to, like, Up First, um, uh, the best one yet, like, Snacks, uh, all the, like, almost every day. And there are these great, like... 10 minute long, 15 minute long podcast that are like, hey, here's the biggest things. And I was like, ooh, I like keeping up with news. And so this kind of was like a little bit of a passion project. But so many people I knew was like, I don't know what's happening. I don't have time to read every uh, every article. I was like, oh, okay. Well, then here is like a 10 minute snack of yeah. like the three biggest stories in tabletop. Um, and so like, what's happening this week? And you could easily just like listen to that and like, okay, I know what's going on. Um, and then just get on with your day. It only takes 10 minutes. I love that because I had a similar, uh, show, uh, when I was at the escapist called the escapist news network and we would just do 10 minute videos. We didn't do it every day. We did every week, but it was like, here's, you know, the three to four biggest like stories in, in, in video games. Um, 
And that was really hard to even produce on a weekly basis. Yeah. Oh, ours because, is weekly too. Yeah. 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 Weekly is, is is tough still because you have to make it entertaining, right? I yeah. think if you just did it like a straight up newscast, people would be like, mm, "This is boring." You had to like yeah. build in jokes and uh, entertaining bits, and that is hard when it's your <laughs> the host and writer and right? uh, doing it all yourself, right? Well, if I you do have, have a staff wonderful... like they have on the Daily Show. Yeah. It's much different. I do have a wonderful co-host, Darren Wood. Um, and I think the big thing we focus on is like, this is the news, but why is it important? Yeah. That is, yeah. You, know? you got to have some editorializing uh, yeah. with it because... You'd be like, oh, wow, I didn't even realize that, you know? Um, yeah. And, and giving those insights. Um, you know, like uh, re- recently, um, there's uh, a Kickstarter, Kaboa launched, and they launched on three platforms. And that was the first time that's ever happened on Kickstarter. I'm like, whoa, that's pretty impressive. Um so things like that, you know, uh, that is like you you don't get that from the actual like reading the news, like just what how is this impactful to gaming? Yeah, and that is makes it very personalized to yeah. you and your co-host, right? Like yeah. there's it's it's not even necessarily what's objectively interesting. It's like yeah. no, this is what's interesting and what makes it meaningful for me, and that comes from the choosing of those stories and which ones you pr- you know you, you yeah. produce out there, as well as how you have that specific like idea about it, and that's. I mean, that's amazing that you have this going on in addition to all the other things that you have going on, <laughs> I right? Know. Like, I like to stay busy. Yeah, and somehow I watch all the Star Treks and all the Vanderpumps at the same time. I, you know, don't ask me how it works. Are you like <laughs> that guy in the Matrix that just has the, the TVs all around uh, yeah, you? Yeah, five and, screens. And... I'm just constantly like two podcasts, one in each year. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> one in each year. Wait, so you're data? I didn't know you were data. Yeah. I... <laughs> oh, oh, no, Android. I'm more because I have, I, I have uh, personality. Uh, or, or you, yeah, you did oh, no. say you liked lore, and so I, I, did, I, I was going to make that D and D joke or Star Trek joke earlier on. <laughs> but now they're the same person, so it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, right. Exactly. So finally, what are your thoughts on? I mean, I asked uh, Todd Stashwick that, uh, but I, I didn't quite get the. Uh, okay, I got first, the very Star Trek episode. Todd, what do you think? Before even that, Todd is so fun to play with. I I ran a game for him in, with uh, Take This. Yeah, uh, for they they did a big um, uh, like streaming fundraiser, and I, I played a game and I ran for him. He was so much fun. Like he is, he is exactly the person that when you speak with them, that he is at the table, and he's a blast. Mm. Um, Love that. I could see that just from from us talking to him. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. you've you've got it. Um, but thoughts on the the lore data combination? Yeah, yeah, yeah I love it. I love I love I love that they 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 there's. The thing that you always expect, like, oh, data is always like this, so like let's keep them like this. But um, that is a flat story, and I think that like characters need to change. And a android side, you know, an android changing, um, I think is is necessary for story. Sometimes, you know, I, I think that is what made uh, his arc um, impactful. I respectfully oh. disagree. I knew it. I could tell by <laughs> your face. I'm like, hmm. The to rebuttal? me, the character uh, that makes it interesting is that he is an android that is probably more human than any other character on the show. Ooh. And so by by taking that away, there's nothing interesting about that character anymore. Like, okay. I, I agree with you that characters need growth and they need to change. Yeah. I liked it when his growth was like, oh, I learned this little thing about humanity that I didn't understand before and now I understand it. And like those were smaller arcs. Yeah. To have him just be like, oh, you're just like every other character on the ship. That was a little bit like where I pulled the punch where I was like, well, you totally disarmed what made this character interesting to me. So I agree with you in the sense that like to make that kind of jump, it would have been better if it was over time Mm -hmm. rather than 
like a snap of a finger. Yeah. Um, because I, like I, do, one I do think like eighth of an episode, because uh, yeah. there's the way the screen time is split. It's like I know that. we instead of like you know twenty two uh, uh, episodes, twenty two minutes season. each for an entire season, we get like all right, you get six episodes. They're an hour each. And yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> but I love. I mean, so that's what the kind of that's what the breadth of D and D. Just to bring it back to D and D, it's like you can have those type of characters with Warforged, and I love how that tool in storytelling can be used and and explored yeah i i love i love the stoic uh un- uh emotionless warforge it's one of my favorite like npcs to run the one that just doesn't get um it, it takes everything literal and uh <laughs> you know it feels so flat i have one that he has a, a group of masks around him that ha- are like kind of like the smiling mask sad mask from theater oh. to oh. like help to help make him look more personable to people He's like, this is good news, right? And they're like, yes. And then he just like puts on the smiling one. Oh. <laughs> and, and everyone loves it because he's like, he's like, wait, are we upset about this? And he's like, yes, he's like, it's on the sad mask. <laughs> I'm oh. just like you. I am angry. <laughs> he just because he 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 knows that it's important to people that he can express emotion to them. So he's got a little mask for That's emotion. That's really sweet. Yeah. It reminds me of in Finding Nemo when. <laughs> Like the fish all form like <laughs> the, the, behind the faces, them, yeah, yeah. And they were making fun of Nemo's dad. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Anyway, <laughs> that was like my favorite. I forgot what they were saying. It was my favorite part of the movie. But anyway, yeah, it's it's a much cooler, cuter version. <laughs> and it was Nemo. voiced by uh, Cliff from Cheers. Oh, right? that's John right. Ratzenberger was the uh, school of fish, I believe, in that one. Yeah, Barbara, we digress, but I love uh, the the everything we've talked about here. Like, I want to play the trivia. Yeah. I want to start, uh, you know, learning more about tabletop news and start uh, start playing as something I've been like, you know, looking at a lot and being like, "Ooh, this game looks fun," and this look game looks fun. Like, there's just a wide breadth of stuff that you do, Devin, and it is awesome that you have this opportunity. Uh, yeah, to be yeah. able to. It's a blast. And like I said, like afterwards, I'm going to get your info. I'm, uh, I'll send you guys some player mats as well. Oh, sweet. I can't wait yeah. because I think that is just, as you're saying, you know, a lot of it is in your work uh, creatively in removing those barriers uh, to playing D&D. And I mean, I think that's been me and Shelly's thesis statement for for Dragon Talk all along. Is yeah. I'm like, no, right? They're, everybody should play this game because it is a, a net good for, yes. for humanity. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like, it's like you know what people <laughs> need before... They need it. It's just so, yeah. And that's what a good host does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've noticed that too. About uh, you know, I, I was I'm I haven't mentioned it, but I've been thinking a lot about what you said earlier in this interview of like that's what a dungeon master is. Like they are hosts first and foremost, and then they are a game master or or a, yeah. a, a adjudicator at the table. But in many ways, especially if you're playing in person, it's like no, come into my space. Do you right? need any food? Do you need any water? There's the yes. bathroom. And, and like you know? managing the different people, like making sure like, well, okay, this person need should sit next to this person because they have this thing in common or just, you know, yeah. man, managing the people relations and making sure the wine glass is always full. Yeah, it's been such a pleasure chatting with y'all, with both of you. Like, ugh. Just no. literally from like the minute one. It's just it's, oh, because you <laughs> opened with Shelly, do you watch Vanderpump Rules? <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. That nobody's Pandora's ever, box was just open. Nobody's ever asked me that before, Devin. <laughs> well, Devin, okay. uh, where can people find out about all of these various projects as well as you personally? Uh, we want to direct them all to find out your amazingness. Yeah, you can find us uh, YouTube, Twitch, just with Total Party Chill. Um, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Devin Chulik. 
uh, D-E-V-O-N-C-H-U-L-I-C-K. But anything from the Total Party Chill, you can find via just Googling Total Party Chill. And same thing with Start Playing. Awesome. Start We're playing. making it happen. Yeah. Do yeah. It. And we mean That's, that in every sense of the word. Start playing. It's just a command. You just, just start playing. You <laughs> it's a start spell. playing. Bam. <laughs> Ooh, it's got a I huge... Like it's yes. a cantrip. Yeah, right? <laughs> yes. Must start playing. Um, thank you again, guys. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. You're the best. You are. My face hurts from laughing so much. That was fun. That was a very... Gosh, Devin is just a really nice, fun, easy person to talk to. It's that host thing. I, I, it's an idea that's going to be lodged in my brain a lot, how Dungeon Masters are hosts, I, not yeah. only to you know the, the physical space or the online space that you're coming into, but also in the game. And they want to make everyone uh, make sure that exactly. they're having a good time, right? It's, it's true, true. Um, and I do feel like Devin would be the kind of person that would keep my wine glass full. It's true. Um, and Shelly, you are one of those people as well, uh, almost right. to the detriment of my headache the next morning. Well, I have a partnership with Uber, so <laughs> I just make sure that uh, I get a finder's fee for every guest I send home in an Uber. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Good times, Greg. Follow along everything that's going with Dungeons & Dragons at D&D Beyond. That is a wonderful way uh, to learn about uh, what's happening in the D&D multiverse, as well as creating characters and running your games through there. Uh, the D&D Beyond Twitch community streams have been wonderful. Go listen and watch what they are doing, uh, interviewing guests uh, similar to uh, the amazing stuff that we have done on Dragon Talk here. And uh, we want everyone to be paying attention to what they're doing. In addition to following me on Twitter, I am at Greg Tito. I'm also on Blue Sky now. So uh, if oh, you've got an invite you to that. you got your invitation. I did get an invite to that. That was very nice from a uh, Dragon Talk listener. So shout out to uh, the brother <laughs> uh, of uh, someone who knows me uh, on how to make it all happen. Um, you did it. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm paying you back in spades, even though I don't know your name. You're wonderful. So follow me there at Greg Tito. Uh, Shelly, where can they find you? Oh, you can find me at Shelly Moo. Uh-oh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I can feel it You said uh-oh before you started oh, coughing. Oh, that little tickle rolling right up. Shelly Moo. <laughs> Shelly Moo at Twitter and Instagram. Wow. I blame Zuggy for all of that. Wow, Zuggy. Not, That's how, why not we're a fun trained. girl. Trained voiceover actor, actors because we uh, ruin our voices every time we try to do some some character. Also, I don't think that is what Zuggy would sound like. No, no. She would be very much more uh I just couldn't think elevated. of another, another, another demon that, whose name I could pronounce. Jubilex. 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 Gorp. Isn't there one named Gorp? That's the gelatinous cube from Dungeon Mayhem. Oh. Is Glorp. But who's, isn't there like a, there's one that begins with a G? Or, yeah, Jubilex, right? No. Oh, G. That's a J. That's a J. Uh, Grashed? Gra Maybe. Uh, yes. Grazed. Grazed. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. Who is the uh, handsome boy. Um, oh, demon yeah. of He's, seduction. I do feel like Zuggy would have been a better match for him, but. 
<laughs> rather than a, an, an ooze. Than the uh, oozy. The demon yeah. lord of oozes. She had ulterior motives for sure. Oh, totally. Um, That's, he's got all the money. Also, I am reading an article, not right now because obviously I'm doing this, about um, a middle school in Colorado Springs starting a, a different kind of club focused on camaraderie, teamwork, and friendship. And it's a huge hit. The story coming up after the break. Guess what the club is? D&D? Yes. All over the news, people. Wow. D&D in schools. Making, yeah. middle, making middle schoolers great. I love it. And it is something that has been, again, like just what we've been pushing for all along here on Dragon Talk. More than 300 episodes, nearly 400. <laughs> nice. Uh, but only for the last uh, 100 or 200 or so has there been the adventures of Drunky Two-Shoes, which we will continue now. Let's. You were going to, uh, you had just convinced the guards, I believe, to let you go uh, and uh, uh, travel to the crystals uh, that transport you to other worlds. Um, and the projection of uh, the speaker had told you to go to Menavarsha. Um, and so I believe you and your cohorts were heading in that direction. Yes, we are going to Menavarsha. Um, all right, so yeah, you you walk. Uh, it's not too far away from the entrance to the uh, preserve of the ancients, um, but it is a, a full of commerce. You were there just a, a, a few hours ago as you were trying to find uh, these folks who run this in order to pay your toll. Um, so you're just going back to that uh, to that area uh, with your cohorts, and uh, it is still a glorious day uh, here outside uh, in the radiant citadel. I have to pay my toll? This is where you went a couple of oh, sessions okay, ago good. to pay right. your toll. Thank you. Um, but now you're leaving the Radiant Citadel. When you have to come back, you might have to pay. Well, I hope that I, I don't have return privileges. Everyone, keep your receipts. Let's just hold on to those. Uh, Jonathan says, oh, yeah, uh, what's a, what is a receipt? Mm, I'll explain later. It is a... A piece of paper. That magic proves, item of some kind? Yeah, sort of. It's, it's proof that, that a, a transaction was made and you... You have paid for services. Mm, that is powerful magic indeed. It is. And I just realized I can do a minor illusion, so I could probably just make one appear. Uh, unless, of course, uh, one of the guards is able to use detect magic and know that your illusion was false. Correct. He's saying this kind of just conversationally as you guys are, mm -hmm. are walking. Kind of a buzzkill, Jonathan, but you're very literal. <laughs> I have killed many bees. Oh, wow. That's when they... Try to, yeah, you know, swarm sting of bees. me. Yeah, yeah. totally. Uh, Is that what you to, mean by a bus kill? Yes, that's exactly what I meant. How can can someone please get us to Manavarsha? Uh, so yes, as you arrive uh, at the uh, crystals uh, that go there, and they're asking, "All right, what is your destination?" Manavarsha. Manavarsha. All right, excellent. This one will leave in the uh, next few moments, um, cool and you see that? the large door kind of magically disappear and dissipate and uh, inside uh, there are uh, it's empty and the few po people who were uh, going to go to that area, Manavarsha um, kind of walk on and the guard says, alright, you're able to board now. So cool. Okay, thanks. Um, and so yeah, it's a large, you know it's a crystal hollowed out once the, the it's not really a door, like I said, it just magically the barrier of it uh, dissipates away um, and there are, uh, you know, two or three folks already on. And as the rest of your group uh, comes on, there's a, like a total of 
10 individuals uh, inside. And uh, the guard who is running this crystal, they says, all right, is that everyone? Last going, Manavarsha going once, going twice. Excellent, all right. And uh, he moves his hand and vroom, the crystal resumes in uh, uh, a solid shape all around you. So you're in this hollow crystal inside and very soon after that, it starts to lift up into the air. Oh. And it's translucent, so the, the, the color of the crystal is uh, orange, kind of amethyst colored. And so you're seeing all of the um, landscape of the radiant citadel um, in like this orange tint um, beneath you as the crystal rises up. That's so cool. Altia says, yeah, you've never traveled in one? How did you even arrive here? I don't know. I, I just showed up in a bar. Interesting. Well, yeah, this is this is how we go between worlds. I've been doing this since I was a child, so I'm used to it. How long is this trip? She just kind of laughs, and they all they all kind of like. <laughs> oh, what's so funny? As the crystal continues to go up, vroom, the view that you see outside is uh, disappears. Uh, it's in blackness. So, for a moment, the crystal that you're in is completely surrounded by darkness. I, uh, hello, is this supposed to happen? And they all kind of knowingly laugh and giggle again. Then a moment after that, a landscape of a wet jungle uh, sprawled out before you with thousands of rivers and rivulets and mountains in the background is in front of you. You see it again. It's all orange tinted because of this crystal. And the crystal slowly descends until it lands with a, a, not a hard stop, but enough of a, it feels... Like you're on solid ground once again. And the crystal opens up. Uh, again, not with a door, but with like the dissipation of the crystal just disappears uh, in front of you. And then um, you see no longer orange tinted through this portal, a uh, thriving city um, filled with waterways, almost like the hanging gardens of Babylon, right? Where it feels like there's lots of um, fresh plants and palm trees and terraces with water that is falling uh, from from uh, various buildings throughout and a multitude of people going about their business uh, and the commerce. And uh, you see a guard. Uh, he's got dark skin uh, and leather armor and holding a spear. And he says, all right, all right, enough gawking. Let's go. Welcome to Man of Arsha. Oh, thank what do you. you? Do? Uh, let's go, everyone. Can you... Can you point us to the tabaxi colony? Tabaxi? Yes. I There is no such colony. Move well, along. Move along. People, but what about people who look like me? And uh, he just is, you know, and, and the rest of the your group kind of just continues to, to walk past uh, this guard. Okay. Have you, sir? Sir? Yes. Me? He's clearly you, annoyed. Yes? What? Have, have you seen anyone who looks like me? I'm looking <sighs> for my brother. There looks like there's three of you. Uh, you're the only... People I've seen who look like you. All right, keep going. Is there any other way to get here besides this crystal? You can walk. I can walk where? Uh, from, to here. Oh. From other parts of Moni Varsha. Oh. oh, thank you. Most people take a boat. Rivers are where it's at. All right, move along. Okay, let's go and, to, uh, the, to the docks. All right, we'll pick it up next time with you uh, trying to get to the docks. Thank you, kind sir. She says sarcastically. Uh, and uh, Blade of Grass uh, leans to you and says, you really are just like me. I take that as a compliment. As you should. 
Let me know if you want me to cut them. I'll let you know. Excellent. All right. Thanks.